Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. It's time for the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest-growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. Hello, everybody. I am Tom Shattuck in for Rob Carson today. What happened? What happened? Just a moment ago, we had Joe Biden, President Joe Biden, telling Ron DeSantis to cease and desist to back off telling Greg Abbott that he was uh, leading a bunch of Neanderthals to back off. We had Joe Biden and Anthony Fauci and uh, Rochelle Walensky telling all of the governors of the red states to back off that the feds would handle this. Remember, just like in Die Hard, getting John McClane off the roof, the feds were going to handle this, flying tigers. Well, in came the feds, and the entire thing collapsed. The Biden administration has failed completely in its effort to uh, combat the uh, pandemic, which they said, remember, that was going to be job one. We're very serious about this. We're going to go crush it, crush the virus and release jobs. Well, they've crushed the economy, but they haven't crushed the virus, and they've essentially waved the white flag now. And President Biden said yesterday, what should be shocking, should absolutely be shocking, this is probably the biggest domestic policy disaster in the history of of the country for him to have totally face planted in his initiative to push back the coronavirus to get everybody to take his precious vaccines meanwhile using osha to harangue businesses well they are backing off now they have said uh, no mas no mas he doesn't know what to do look there is no federal solution this gets solved at a state level well thanks for telling us Thanks for telling us after all this time, after all the punishment that you doled out, after everything, since there's no federal solution, if you were running a business, a corporation, let's say, anti-COVID uh, Inc., then heads would roll once your year-long, really two-year-long adventure came to a disastrous end, you would say sayonara. But no, there is no change. Still, they are defer deferring to the public health officials, the ones who never had a clue. The ones who simply wanted control over you. Anthony Fauci still is making the rounds in every single Sunday talk show. He's on with Jake and he's on with Margaret. He's on with George and he's on with Jim as well. And that's right. Acosta, Jim Acosta suddenly found himself in the awkward position of having to do, ooh, and this is a new for him, a new one. Having to do a little bit of journalism, 
So Jim Acosta says, wait a second. How come everything's changing? For instance, how come within a flash, suddenly you had told us, we believed you, St. Fauci, we believed you. You told us that the CDC says 10 days, you're going to have to quarantine for 10 days. Suddenly it's not 10 days anymore. It's willy-nilly now just half that time. Did the virus change? What happened? Uh, let's begin with these new CDC guidelines. Uh, why is the CDC now changing these uh, recommended uh, isolation times for people who test positive for the virus uh, but don't have s symptoms? I, I guess the simple question is why now? Well, the reason is that with the, with the sheer volume of new cases that we are having and that we expect to continue with Omicron, one of the things we want to be careful of is that we don't have so many people out I mean, obviously, if you have symptoms, you should not be out. But if you are asymptomatic and you are infected, we want to get people back to the jobs. Wait, wait a second. Is this the labor secretary, Anthony Fauci? Because I thought the labor secretary was a, a former union thug from Boston named Marty Walsh. But no, no, the, the big boss, Fauci, says that's right. We got to get people back to work. Huh? Well, isn't that interesting? So many of us have had uh, catastrophic job changes in the last two years. Well, this guy was making his decisions regardless of the employment situation. Now, suddenly, it's all about we got to get people back to work. We got to get people. So wait a second. So my question is, Dr. Fauci, then, so is the does it take five days still or 10 days now? Or does it not anymore because people have to get back to work in the same way that you were urging everybody a year and a half ago to go out and protest because George Floyd, because racism was a public health crisis? Is this a magic new variable? And the answer, you know, is yes. Those with essential jobs to keep our society running smoothly. <laughs> so I think that was a very prudent and good choice on the part of the CDC, which we spent a considerable amount of time discussing, namely getting people back in half the time than they would have been out so that they can get back to the workplace doing things that are important to keep society running smoothly. Don't you just love it? He pats himself in the back. That was a good move by us, getting people back. Well, who who took people away? Uh, the CDC. Getting people back. Here's the situation is the Delta Airlines wrote a little letter to the administration and said, uh, just FYI, I know that you guys don't have any feelings for what's going on outside of the Beltway, but we're not going to have pilots or crew or staff if we make everybody uh, quarantine for 10 days. And it's the same thing with the teachers and all of every other field. Because this administration had been run by the CDC and they don't care about jobs. Now suddenly Biden, that's why you have a chief executive. That's why you've got the president who should be overruling them. But now suddenly Biden said to Fauci, all right, I'm going to need you to factor in. I'm going to need you to factor in for now on um, the job situation. So Fauci now, the scientist, remember the science? It's now uh, science and labor statistics. So uh, now Fauci is factoring in jobs. So there we go. I am not surprised one bit that nobody trusts these people. There are people in this country who have an emotional bond with these public health leaders who like Anthony Fauci because he's like a daddy, maybe one they didn't have. But people don't trust this guy. This guy is a beltway hack. That's precisely 
what he is. Absolutely. And this is, it's arbitrary. You don't have 10 days. Uh, okay, five days. You know what? Uh, no mask. Always mask. Sometimes mask. No cloth mask. Only in 95 mask. Cloth mask. This has been arbitrary for two years. Arbitrary. These people have always been, people like Fauci have always been prioritizing his own existence and his own gig over anything. So if he gets the feeling the administration wants to, him to reverse course and it means he contradicts himself from last month, yep, no problem. No problem. Used to be 10 days, not anymore. It just makes sense. If you keep them out for five days, keep them isolated for five days, then get them back doing their job, doing their work, keeping a mask on to protecting themselves from from infecting other individuals or not so i don't think it's confusing i think it's a rather crisp recommendation that's right it's a rather crisp recommendation that's what he is if he does say so himself completely contrary to the rather crisp rep recommendation from last week but that's anthony fauci he's three foot seven full of crisp recommendations and he has them all over the place and if you don't like them on Monday, you might like them on Tuesday, which might be different than the one you'll see on Wednesday. This guy is remarkable. Remarkable. Meanwhile, they're pushing the boosters, 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 boosters. <sighs> boosters. They want people to more. Yep, we're going to need three, maybe four now. You get one booster, two boosters. New York Times. Dateline Israel. Israel considers fourth vaccine, but some... Experts say it's premature. Some, some scientists warn that too many shots might actually harm the body's ability to fight the COVID-19 virus. Well, that's great, isn't it? Thanks so much. Anything else we should know as you're pushing us into more and more boosters? Some scientists warn that if the plan, the plan to vaccinate and boost could backfire because too many shots might cause a sort of immune system fatigue, compromising the body's ability to fight the coronavirus. A few members of the government's advisory panel raised that concern with respect to the elderly, according to a written summary of the discussion obtained by the New York Times. Well, well, well. So they are making these decisions here and there in left and right. Meanwhile, in the United States, Omicron is sweeping through the nation, or as Jim Acosta said, clobbering us, as a cold. It's hitting people as a cold, and that includes the unvaccinated as well. That's what Omicron is doing. But because we don't know what else to do, the template has been to panic, of course. Their panic is ensuing. And so people, towns, and, and I'm sure your town, just like my town, you go to little Facebook pages and you see people saying, you know what, over 600 cases of Omicron, I think we should think about doing the masks and the distancing. And Yeah, I think it's the right thing. I think it's the right thing. And then if somebody dares speak up and say, uh, wait a second, we already, everybody's been vaxxed and most people have, many people have gotten it already and the kids are being uh horribly hurt by this which is true they're saying oh how dare you what if they give it to somebody who's unvaccinated well, well you know life's about taking chances isn't it it's such an interesting time it's such an interesting time and it, uh, already i'm this makes me excited about 2022 not because of the existential damage that's been done that's our response to this has been horrific the fact that we don't have enough testing is horrific. We've pushed $4 trillion at this virus. We've uh, canonized Anthony Fauci and these public health officials, and they never got tests ready? No, they never did anything that they were supposed to do. They have been terrible. They have been a disaster. 
If we had a, a, a chief executive, a real president right now, he would fire Fauci immediately from the Oval Office. Say, I've asked for his resignation. He's going home. Thanks for your service, Tony. See you later. But the administration is rudderless. There's nobody. There's no alpha in the administration. They're still set on woke. We want to do woke stuff. We're doing woke stuff. Yay, we're doing woke stuff. It is uh, no good. No good whatsoever. We're going to talk more about this. This amazing turnabout by Anthony Fauci is absolutely remarkable. And <laughs> suddenly um, we are changing up what we are trying for a couple of reasons. One, because the administration, because they forced everybody, of course, by they wouldn't hand out tests because they wanted to make you earn the um, the tests by getting by getting uh, vaxxed first and your boosters because they are playing manipulative games, which is what this administration does and Fauci does. Well, they didn't bother making any tests. So the people who went and got their vaccines, like they were told to, and got a pat on the head and a little sticker that said, I got vaxxed from Anthony Fauci, they uh, took all the tech, the tests over the holidays. And so there's a deficit of tests. So we've got a testing crisis now. We don't have enough tests. And we're still not, they still tell us not to use those masks. They want the public health people to keep those masks. And of course, we know. But the other masks don't work. The cloth masks don't work. If you missed it, even though Rochelle Valensky, of course, has been telling us forever that there's been a study in Arizona that showed the school districts that have masking work, that study has been debunked completely. There was never any reason to think, of course, cloth mask is going to work. But they still say it as if it's a, a real thing. Of course, it's not a real thing. It's never been a real thing. You know it, and I know it. All right, Anthony Fauci. Jim Acosta. He wants some answers. Uh, and so what about the test? How'd this happen? Quite frankly, we don't have enough tests at this particular point in time to get everybody uniformly have the availability of testing. Well, quite frankly, whose fault is that? Was that a quite crisp decision? Like changing the quarantining days from 10 to 5, quite frankly? Quite frankly, whose head should roll, quite frankly? No. No, Anthony Fauci cannot be bothered. Doesn't doesn't get quite frankly. Yeah, no, we didn't have any of the tests. Well, do you think maybe you shouldn't have spent time doing a PBS documentary about you? No, quite frankly, I like the green rooms. Quite frankly, I love the awards. Quite frankly, I got like going on all the Sunday shows. Quite frankly, I like to have the cheese, the skinless brie in the green room, which I actually saw at a PBS station. They actually cut the skin off the brie. For the, uh, for the guests. That's uh, the green room that you pay for, by the way. That what, will change what considerably do? as we get into January. Well, right yeah. now, what, I mean, if you, you can't just find keep test, trying. I mean, I there you go. There you go. That is this year's, um, this year's public health guidance. You just keep trying. I don't know. What do you do, says Jim Acosta. We trusted you. You gave us all the parameters. You gave us the incentives to go to get vaccinated. Jim Acosta wears a mask inside, outside, you know, uh, you know, making love to his spouse. Uh, there is no end to where Jim Acosta, he did what you wanted him to, Tony Fauci. He did what you wanted him to. Like so many people say on social media when they get COVID, even though they did all the things, I did everything right. Well, Jim Acosta did everything right. And he wants to get tested now. 
What can he do? Just keep trying. That's all I can tell you. That was rather crisp. Just keep trying. Yeah, I, Jim, you can't do the impossible. If you can't find it, you can't right. find it. You just keep trying and doing your best. Just keep trying. There you go. So that is the official guidance. That guy makes $417,000 a year. You know who doesn't make $417,000 a year? Tom Shattuck and probably you. I could say just keep trying. Can I get his salary? Just keep trying. That's the new public health, um, you know, theory, answer for our COVID problems. It is a mess, and it put guys like Jim Acosta, who wants to just give Fauci a tongue bath, let's be honest here, it puts him in a tough position. But I guess the point is, is that, you know, here we are, you know, we're almost, uh, we've almost lapped a year or two, and sh should it be that way? No, it shouldn't, Jim, but it is. So we have to deal with it, and we have to make it better. And that's what the president was talking about when he said we're going to make 500 million tests available in the first couple of weeks in January. Wouldn't it be nice had they been available in the first couple of weeks, let's say, of June, July, October, November, December? How about before Christmas? How about before all the big traveling holidays? How about before? No, we didn't do it. I'm sorry. We didn't see that coming. We were not so crisp when it came to getting those tests ready. Just keep trying. And now you've got the best thing about this. Because the administration just did a 180 on this. And the public health experts just told you when they remember CNN used to say an apple's an apple and a banana's a banana. Well, now the public health experts just said an apple's a banana and a banana's an apple. Yes, and that's the new science. The new science is 10 days has gone to five days. And now progressives are getting mad at Biden saying, wait a second, but you told us 10 days. And it seems like you're just saying five days because people like the Delta Airlines CEO complained. Can that be? Can that be? Yes, it can be. That is right. This administration, this has never been about the science. This has about, been about politics and power. Whether it's the teachers unions or Delta Airlines, it was never about science. Such an interesting time where we are seemingly changing we were having this great realization you know the left wanted to tell us that last summer not this summer the summer before uh you know was the you know great racial reckoning of course it was not it was just uh activists who were you know partying in the streets and lighting fires and destroying neighborhoods but no there is a different kind of reckoning happening now where progressives and people who once loved Fauci, who who prayed to St. Fauci and Rochelle Walensky, uh, and uh, Joe Biden, as a matter of fact, many of them are starting to see the light, are starting to see that things under progressive rule and under democratic administrations can be a total and utter disaster. Now, there are the gatekeepers who don't want this stuff to get out there. Don't want it to be known. Great example of this is the CBS the Face of the Nation this week. There was a very interesting segment at the end of it. This is the one that's that's um, hosted by Margaret Brennan. And at the end, they say they ask everybody, "What was the uh, you know the the thing that should have been the headlines that wasn't?" Kind of the thing last year that we missed. And Jan Crawford, who's a CBS reporter, 
said something so inflammatory and so controversial that they dropped it from the show. Now, they didn't drop it from the podcast, which I got, which I listened to, unfortunately for, well, fortunately for you, I, I uh, do the listening to all of these shows, these weekend shows. But this is what Jan Crawford, now she's the CBS reporter. This is what she says is the glaring fact about the last year and a half, almost two years now, that we're going to have to reconcile with. This is going to be the great reckoning. Well, I want to get to underreported stories uh, as well. Jan? Oh, I, for me, I mean, I, my kids hear me rant about this every day, so I may as well tell you guys. It's, it's the crushing impact that our COVID policies have had on young kids and children. Mm -hmm. uh, the, by far, you know, the least serious risk for serious illness. Uh, but, I mean, even teenagers, you know, a healthy teenager has a one in a million chance of getting and, di and dying from COVID, which is way lower than, you know, dying in a car wreck on a road trip. Uh, but they have suffered and sacrificed the most, especially kids in underrepresented, at-risk communities. And now we have the Surgeon General saying there's a mental health crisis mm -hmm. among our kids. Mm -hmm. uh, the risk of suicide, girl suicide attempts among girls now up 51% this year. Uh, black kids, uh, nearly twice as likely as, as white kids to die by suicide. I mean, school closures, lockdowns, cancellation of sports. You couldn't even go on a playground in the D.C. area uh, without cops scurrying, uh, getting, shooing the kids off. Tremendous negative impact on kids. And it's been an afterthought. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's hurt their dreams, their future, learning loss, risk of abuse their mental health. And now with our knowledge, our vaccines, uh, if our policies don't reflect a more measured and reasonable approach for our children, mm -hmm. they will be paying for our generation's decisions uh, the rest of their lives. And that, to me, is the greatest underreported story of the past year. And that was spiked. CBS hid that away. They said, no, 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 we're not doing that. We're having Fauci on. We're having Walensky on. We're not going to let people know the damage that's been done. The damage, really, that all those networks are culpable for. Imagine now what some of these kids have gone through. Some of these kids, and we're, while we sit here and talk about masking, we're going to mask them, mask them, mask them. The masking does nothing but further harm them. Everybody knows this, and that's why many countries in Europe said, no, we're not going to put a mask on a child. The child's growing. But we've taken that away. We took that away, and we act proud. See what I did? See, she didn't even complain. Jen Psaki says, you know what? My daughter doesn't even complain. See? See what a good parent I am? And they want, to, they want praise for that? It's like, wow, that is gross. But they're happy to do it. They're happy to do it. It's... She'll tell you, no, it's going great for my kid. But inside schools, there are often uh, you know, very strict rules. Uh, for example, sometimes students are required to eat outside or eat distance from each other, not talk to each other while they're eating. Does the White House want to see those rules lifted as well to get back to a more normal school experience? Well, schools are taking steps, especially since we've only recently approved uh, through the CDC and FDA vaccines for 5 to 11-year-olds. They're not approved for kids younger than that to keep their kids safe and keep students safe. I will tell you, I have a three-year-old who goes to school, sits outside for snacks and lunch, wears a mask inside, and it's no big deal to him. I'm not saying that's the case for everybody, but these are steps that schools are taking to keep kids safe. And I think the vast majority of parents appreciate that. Obviously, we want to get to a point where 
where we're turning to a version of normalcy for everybody, right? Uh, where you're not sending your kids backpack with seven extra masks, right? Where you're not adding two hats so that they're warm outside for a snack. There's no question that's the case. But we also think the most important thing should be safety. The safe- safety? Safety? She says that with no sense of irony at all. With what we've done, we've absolutely made sure that the kids are not safe. We've made sure that the kids are emotionally, developmentally harmed. And for no reason. There's been no reason whatsoever. But this idea with these, the masking and this and that. And Jen Psaki and Rochelle Walensky, they, they give it, they always say, no, no, no. There's a, uh, there's a study out of Arizona. The study has been totally, totally debunked. It was a faulty study. In fact, some of the schools that they said were in the study, many of them weren't even in school yet. But no, make the mask, social distancing. In other words, don't be kids. This issue is such a sensitive issue, and it is tough for parents. I know that, guys. I know that. I know that you hate a lot of you don't have any choice but to send your kids to public schools where they're doing these harmful things. Even though they're, they're, they're not susceptible to wear a piece of cloth over your child's mouth, put the cloth over the child's mouth. But why? They're exempted from this. Put the cloth over the child's mouth. No. We've got all the vaccines. This is vaccines. It's been vaccine-a-palooza. If you're worried about a child getting you uh, sick, what children generally aren't doing, well, then there's plenty of vaccines. You can get Moderna and Pfizer and J&J. J&J! If that one's still in vogue, I don't know. Because the CDC's also done... Uh, 180 on that one. Let's go right to the Newsmax hotline to speak to my friend, Corey Lewandowski. Corey, how you doing, man? I am doing super. Thanks for having me on today. Corey, you escaped Massachusetts, right, and got into New Hampshire? Oh, my God. You kidding me? One of the best decisions me and my family ever made. You know, I I grew up in Lowell, uh, went Mm -hmm. to college there, got married, and when we were very, very first married, you know, we lived in a in in Lowell still and we had our first kid and we said we're moving across the border for better taxes and better schools and less crime and we've been there ever since oh i can't i can't wait i can't wait to extract myself i can't wait i'm just looking longingly at florida and texas and i'm just done 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 you know it's interesting speaking of florida just five months ago you had president biden yelling at ron DeSantis saying get out of the way you're getting in the way. We're going to uh, get out of the way. We're trying to help people. He was yelling at Greg Abbott saying, hey, you're a Neanderthal down there. Get out of the way. We're the federal government. We're going to run this thing. We're going to make sure that we run this thing. And then yesterday I heard Biden say this. Look, there is no federal solution. This gets solved at a state level. Well, OK. Corey, did he um, quit? Well, he, he failed. And look, even his own chief of staff put out a, a tweet back during the campaign that said Donald Trump failed, and I know a guy who's got a plan that's going to come in on day one and fix it. Well, here we are. We're a year into the Biden administration almost. We've got about 800,000 deaths. We've got more people who've been infected with COVID now than any time, I think, under the, the Trump presidency. This, this has continued to escalate beyond mm-hmm. you know, what anybody thought it would be. Joe Biden's solution now, a year in, is to, in a, you know, maybe a month, maybe six weeks, send everybody kits so they can test at home to see if they have COVID. Mm -hmm. We have no solution. He continues to allow an 81-year-old bureaucrat to run this country, a guy by the name of Fauci, who's a complete fake, 
And when governors like Ron DeSantis and Christy Noem and Greg Abbott and others stood up and said, we're going to do things differently in our state, they were chastised. They were ridiculed by most of the mainstream media. Mm-hmm. And they have, been, they have been attacked by this administration both in their name and their states have been hurt because this administration will not give and has not given those, those, those states the resources necessary to do what they needed. And when governors want to keep their states open, you listen to the pundits on CNN and say how irresponsible they were. When governors closed businesses because they deemed you were mm-hmm. not essential, they were praised. Remember this. No one remembers this. But the former governor of New York used the National Guard to surround a town when he, the COVID <laughs> outbreak started. He literally surrounded a town with the National Guard as if that was going to do anything for a pandemic. <laughs> Nobody, you know, then the guy got a $5 million book deal and the rest, as they say, is history. But it's amazing now. Joe Biden has finally admitted he has failed. He should have said it from day one. And the only reason he's the president, I believe, is because of the way the media portrayed the COVID response from Donald Trump, Mm -hmm. who actually gave us a solution. It's interesting. Operation Warp Speed is, the more you look at it and take a step back, that is a, a, I would say, a GD miracle, Corey. At some point, somebody's going to have to admit it. That was a brilliant use of using a, a carrot with these pharmaceutical companies to get them to put it into high gear. I mean, this thing should have been marveled at, but nope, Trump doesn't get a second, an ounce of credit for that. You know, if you want to read a book about it, and I just finished it, Peter Navarro, Dr. Peter Navarro uh, wrote a book. It's called In Trump Time, and it really delineates on almost a day-to-day basis what they did during Operation Warp Speed. And they made a very strategic decision that could have had enormous negative impact on the U.S. taxpayer. They decided to go a multi-track effort and invest billions of dollars at the get-go so that it would, that if one of these companies, Johnson Johnson, Pfizer, or Moderna, came up with a solution, they had already pre-purchased all the downstream material to make sure that they would have plenty, and they started mm-hmm. producing the, the antibodies, the, the injection, immediately. And that was a huge risk because it invested billions of taxpayer dollars. If they had not done that the way they did, then we would never have had enough supply for everybody, and we, mm-hmm. we would have been in a much worse shape. So it was a strategic gamble, and Navarro does a very good job in his book of outlining what that looked like in real time and the fight that he was having with people in, the, in our own administration, particularly Fauci, who were against this notion from the very beginning. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We're talking to Corey Lewandowski. You know him, former senior advisor to uh, Donald Trump. Um, yeah, not only that, but remember, it was Fauci and his FDA buddies who told private companies that they couldn't create tests. They said, no, no, we'll handle it. We'll handle it. And of course, it being big, stupid government, they couldn't do it adequately. Man, that guy is – I don't understand. Corey, what do you have to do – to get fired if you're Anthony Fauci. You, you can't. It's amazing. This guy has so much influence and so much uh, ability to do whatever he wants between Rand Paul asking him if they've ever fun- funded Game of Function, which we now know unequivocally they have, between Fauci ignoring emails in his system which said that this uh, CCP virus, this Chinese virus, originated the Wuhan laboratories, and he ignored that, between Fauci making mistakes. And look, 
These are not new mistakes. And if you go back and you look at the history of Anthony Fauci for one second, mm-hmm. he was he was in government when we had the AIDS epidemic and the AIDS pandemic of the 80s and 90s, and he was making bad decisions then. He was there when we had the H1N1 virus, making bad decisions then. And he's there again when we're mm-hmm. having a coronavirus pandemic. And what does that mean? It means on three major occasions, his decisions have been so bad that they've literally, quite literally, cost American lives. And the guy continues to be the highest paid bureaucrat in America. <laughs> he makes almost $500,000 a year. How? $100,000 <laughs> for being wrong every day. How? find a job like that. I know. I, how Washington is that? You know what? Promote him. Promote him. Promote him again. No wonder why Trump hated him. You could tell that he disdained him the whole time. And by the way, the entire time when Trump was saying, we want to get people back to work, we want to open up, can we open up by Easter? And the press jumped at him and said, how dare you? Don't you see what's happening? Don't you see the deadly pandemic? He was absolutely right. Absolutely right. We didn't need to tank our economies for this thing. He was. His instincts were totally right. But but this guy we have now listens to these bureaucrats as if, as if Biden listens to Fauci as if he works for Fauci. Well, let's look at the COVID cases on December 27, 2020, one year ago yesterday. There was 152,089 COVID cases. What was the number yesterday? 543,415. So you say, okay, we can't stop people getting COVID. Let's look at the deaths. In Mm -hmm. 2020, yesterday, 2020, 1,230 Americans perished due to COVID. Yesterday, 1,737 people died. So, you know, 407 more people died a year later after Donald Trump created Operation Warp Speed to have a solution to this under the Biden administration. I don't see the ticker on CNN. I don't see the right. wall-to-wall coverage on MSNBC. I don't see the Johns Hopkins professors out there every day saying this administration doesn't know what the hell they're doing. Look, it is the complete bias of the media. I mm-hmm. believe their bias in part is what led to Donald Trump not being the president anymore because of his response to this oh. pandemic. Oh, totally. He told everybody that Joe Biden could fix this. They've been liars. He has failed as a president his first year in office. And more Americans are dead because of it. Aren't you right about that? Remember, remember last year, year and a half ago, you know, Olivia Nuzzi would ask the president, sir, 50,000 deaths. That's as many as people died in Vietnam. Sir, as many people died now in World War II. They were so happy. They patted themselves in the back. Where are all these questions for Biden? Where? where? He doesn't take questions. And, and by the way, <laughs> two weeks ago, Jen Psaki, was, when they asked her, are you going to give out home test to every single person in America. She laughed at the question yep. like the person was a was a moron. Right? Mm-hmm. And then two weeks later, we will be handing out 500 million tests. We don't know how we're going to do that, but we're going to come up with a plan. They have no plan. They have no solution. Joe Biden, who's been in elective office at the federal level for half a century, still doesn't have a plan, doesn't know where he is. And the fact, you know, look, I, I, I think, you know, there is some levity sometime in life. The fact that Joe Biden repeated what the guy said to him the other day on the telephone when he was taking calls from NORAD about <laughs> Santa just tells me everything I need to know that he is, you know, there's no question that he has a mental, uh, there is something mm-hmm. that is not normal with Joe Biden. I'm not a physician. I'm not a doctor. I didn't even say it at Holiday Inn Express last night, but this guy <laughs> is not all there, okay? And nobody is talking about it. Donald Trump, you know, would, would stumble one word, they'd say, he has a mental deficiency. Oh, my yes. God, he's not fit to be the president. Where, where are the questions about Joe Biden's mental health? Corey, you're right. 
absolutely. Look, the one thing I learned in the Donald Trump world was when he said we're going to make America great again, that didn't benefit white people or blue people or green people or black people or yellow people any differently. It's whatever you wanted it to mean. And a rising tide in the economy lifted all boats. And Donald Trump did more for the African-American community Mm -hmm. in his four years than Barack Obama did in his eight years as the president. And Donald Trump did more for criminal justice reform in his Mm -hmm. four years as president than Joe Biden did in his 50 years. Corey, before you go predator. yes, yes, I remember that. Before you go on, I don't think enough people know that, that the First Step Act was, was a Donald Trump a bipartisan approach, and there were even some some progressives like Van Jones involved. That was historic, and that could never have gotten done with any other Republican president ever. Well, that's exactly right. And look, Van Jones is a guy, and I know Van very well, okay? He and I don't agree on many things politically, but what we do agree on is that you have to end racism, and you have mm-hmm. to call out things that aren't right, and that's both on the right and on the left. And Van Jones, by the way, I think Jeff Bezos literally gave him $100 million, so Van Jones yes. can say whatever he wants now. So God bless Van Jones. But I've always gotten along with the guy. Yeah. Because, you know what, he calls it right as he sees it, like an umpire. And it doesn't mean I agree with him, his, his philosophy on things, but mm-hmm. he gave Donald Trump the credit for getting done the First Step Act because it was necessary. And when he looked back at Joe Biden's record, of calling African-American male super predators and saying you ain't black and pretending to, you know, to be something he wasn't. You know what he said about Donald Trump? Hey, I don't love the guy, but I know exactly who he is. And he's trying to do something better because the African-American community was disproportionately jailed because mm-hmm. of their crimes, because of their race. This was a step in fixing that. The Democrats had the opportunity to do it. Barack Obama had the opportunity to do it. Yes. And he put no effort into it. And the African-American community showed up for a Republican in 2020 in record numbers. Donald Trump's legacy long-term will be the courts and what he has done to try and even the playing field and bring new people into the Republican Party. Right. And as a matter of fact, when Trump spoke, he would always tout the black unemployment numbers. He was thrilled that there was more employment, more robust employment for blacks, for Asians, for brown people. This guy loved, loved success for all Americans. You can say what you want about him, that he's, that he, you know, you know, sometimes he speaks a little inartful or whatever. This guy loves America. There's one thing that separates him from the current guy who I'm not sure about, but also he loves Americans achieving for Americans. This idea of make America great again is about us being the best America. But the left goes around, the left who's segregating people now, by the way, Corey, goes around saying, no, they want it to be racist 1950s. Of course. Look, the one thing I know, I know many things about Donald Trump, but one thing that is unequivocal in my mind, he's an equal opportunist, okay? He doesn't care if you're white or blue or green or yellow or black or red. He will rip your face off. He will fire you. He doesn't care. He's completely agnostic to the color of your skin, your socioeconomic status, your education. Look, look at the number of people he cycled through in his administration, okay? Dozens, hundreds of people probably from four chiefs of staff because he doesn't care what your background is. He doesn't care what you look like. Either you perform or you don't. And if you don't, he gets rid of you. Okay? Absolutely. Hey, Corey, Corey, we get a bolt now here. Anything you want to plug real quickly? Anything people should go to and check out what you're up to? Look, all I want to say is is my my PAC's name is Fight Back Now America. You fight back now, America. We're going to take back the House, take back the Senate. And then in 2024, we're going to be in a great spot 
to elect a Republican back to the White House and fix this country. Here, here on the Newsmax Hotline, Corey Lewandowski. Corey, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com. Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.